Thank you for joining the Dark Light Podcast. Here at the Dark Light Podcast, you will find information about the absolute truth. Hang on tight as we go to discover the light in the darkness. John 14, starting with verse 12. Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I am doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Stop everything you're doing. Discard all of your previous ideas. Make sure that your mind is clear and ready for the truth. For many, that's a scary proposition. We make excuses about how we can't empty our minds and how we're afraid that if we sweep our house clean, maybe more devils will come in later and take over. These are all just excuses. The mind is a very powerful place. The ideas that are stored in the mind can make or break us. We can become intelligent, successful, brilliant individuals, or we can flounder in the sea, in the ocean of unknowing, forever lost in conjecture and doubt. As people, we tend to take the easy route, the hard way, the way that takes effort is seldom considered. But through out all of the different ages of the world, there have been those individuals who, like a guiding light, have shone brightly and given us clues as to how to live. Jesus the Christ was one of those people. And in these verses, 
from the Holy Bible, the book of John, written by one of the youngest and closest disciples to Jesus. It is said that his disciple that Jesus loved. I'm sure he loved all his disciples, but for some reason, this disciple was special. So when John writes, you can see in his writings the love of Christ just flowing through his words. It is the framework of everything that he writes. And we see here in these verses that Jesus the Christ is laying down a foundational idea, giving his disciples assurance that even if they are saddened and they are unable to physically be in the presence of Jesus the Christ, that Jesus the Christ will still be with them in a real physical way living with them through his Holy Spirit the one who is called the comforter he's called the comforter because the disciples would be sad they would be heartbroken when Jesus would have to depart they would be distraught not knowing what to do when they couldn't run to Jesus and ask a question look for reassurance that their life was meaningful that they were on the right track that they were doing those things which would obtain for them eternal life. So Jesus the Christ wanted to make it perfectly clear to his disciples that when he was no longer present in a physical form, he would still be present in a real form with each and every one of the disciples each and every one of his chosen followers. It is important for us to understand this idea, this concept. We too are followers of Jesus the Christ. The Christian faith is more than just a religion. It's more than just a philosophy, an opinion of intellectual minds. The Christian faith 
is alive. It is a place where you can live your life knowing and experiencing the presence of God. Through the Holy Spirit, we have that connection. We have Jesus the Christ present in our life, in our world, in our everyday activities. This knowledge of this real presence is one of the most reassuring aspects of the Christian faith. It's much different than any other philosophy or any other religion where the leader, the founder of those ideologies can no longer be physically present with the follower. But in the case of the Christian, Jesus the Christ is present in the life. Through the Holy Spirit, the reality of having a living connection to Jesus the Christ, to God himself, is most reassuring and it must be held close to your heart. This is not fantasy. This is not make-believe. It is the true foundation for everything which leads to eternal life. For many of us, we fail to take the time to appreciate and understand this reality. But you must step out of your comfort zone, your running around trying to keep up with the Joneses, the Kardashians, the world. And instead, we must focus our energy, focus our mind on the truth as it is in Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ said, the words that I speak unto thee, they are spirit and they are life. So if we understand that Jesus 
was trying to reassure his disciples before he vanished in the thin air and left them alone in the big bad world. Jesus the Christ reassured them that he would be present through his Holy Spirit in a very physical yet spiritual way. This reality must be accepted in order for us to do the works which Jesus the Christ promised. Jesus the Christ said, I will pray the Father. And when you do and ask anything in my name, I will do it for you so that the Father can be glorified in the Son, in the Son of Man. We have the ability to do the works of God by faith through the Holy Spirit, which comes to us and to our mind creating in us a living reality where Jesus the Christ is now present in our day-to-day lives. At first, because we don't feel connected, we think the connection is lost. But if we are to ever gain an understanding and appreciation for the truth as it is in Jesus the Christ, we must accept his words as fact. The reality of life becomes our reality when we take Jesus the Christ at his word. When we accept the words of Jesus as they are, the creative process is present. The creator through the Holy Spirit is present in your life. And in that instant, you become a new creation. John chapter 14, verse 15 and 16. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither 
knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I would like to point out a very interesting twist that Jesus the Christ places in this rendition, this talk, this little speech that he's instructing his disciples with to reassure them of his constant presence right in the middle of guaranteeing that they will not be left without a comforter, telling them that he will never actually leave them, letting them know that each one of them individually can be as close to him as any other person, and that they can have him living in their life. He inserts, if you love me, keep my commandments but I will pray the Father it's almost as if he's letting them know that he's going to do his job and he expects them to do theirs he reminds them that keeping the commandments is not an issue of being saved or ranking up, racking up good works that somehow approve you to God. No. But if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom, but only he who does the will of my Father. When you see those two verses together, and then this verse about loving Jesus and keeping the commandments in the middle of, I will send you another comforter, it becomes clear that God has a baseline. God has a requirement. God promises never to leave us. And at the same time, he expects us to trust him and love him. And if we truly love him, we will keep his commandments. This is not an issue of faith versus works. A lot of theologians like to throw that idea around as if works are somehow no longer required, are not necessary for salvation. They aren't. But they're necessary if you love him. Your good works, your activities, everything you do, everything you say, 
must come from a heart of love. You must do the will of the Father. And Jesus the Christ will pray to the Father and grant you the Holy Spirit. This formula, this idea of A, B, C. A, Jesus the Christ will never leave you. B, if you love him, keep the commandments. And C, I will pray and anything you ask in my name, I will do it. So when we understand that these individual steps, when followed precisely, result in a dynamic, real-time new creation. The ability to change the world. The power to do just that is yours today, right now. All you must do is ask and have faith and love God supremely. Which means, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You cannot say that you love God and not keep his commandments. First John, the book of First John, tells us that anyone who says I love him but hateth his brother is a liar and the truth is not in him you can't love God if you can't love your brother love to God is supreme loving your neighbor as yourself is the second greatest commandment. When we look at the Ten Commandments of Exodus chapter 20, we can see that they're divided into two categories. Love to God and love to man. The first four commandments have to do with loving God. And the last six commandments have to do with loving man, your neighbor, your parents, others. This is why you're not supposed to kill. This is why you're not supposed to murder. This is why you're not supposed to steal. And this is why you are to love God supremely and your neighbor as yourself. The Holy Spirit is present today, right now. Allow the Holy Spirit into your life. John, the disciple, made it clear that in the beginning was the Word 
and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And this Word became flesh and dwelt among men. And it is that Son of Man, Jesus the Christ, who is the Word. And Jesus the Christ has promised to send the Holy Spirit of God into our lives to be with us forever. All you have to do is follow the steps. Believe, place your faith in the Word, the Word of God, the truth, as it is in Jesus, the Christ. You have been listening to The Dark Light. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about The Dark Light Podcast. We would love to have you here each and every day to discover the light in the darkness. Thank you.